Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and give God some praise in here. God is great and greatly to be praised. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. Your kindness and your love, O oh God. There is none like you. You alone are worthy of the praises, the honor, and the glory. We're thankful for your goodness. We're thankful for your kindness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Jesus, we've come to honor you. Jesus, we've come to worship you. Jesus, we've come to adore you and have fellowship with you. Jesus, we're thankful tonight to be gathered together in the house of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. My soul says yes. My soul says yes. I will bless the Lord at all times. Your praise shall continually be in my mouth. For the Lord, He is great and greatly to be praised. Oh God, I love you. Oh God, I thank you tonight. Oh bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Jesus, have your way tonight. Jesus, have your way in our hearts. Jesus, have your way in this place tonight. Have your way, Lord God, as you meet those that are joining us virtually tonight. Have your way with them, Lord. Move upon them, Lord God. Oh, Father, I pray that you will speak to our hearts tonight. For, Lord, we want your will to be done. We want your kingdom come. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We honor you, O oh God, for you are our King. You are our Lord, our Savior. And besides you, Lord God, there is no other Savior. Besides you, Lord God, there is no other Redeemer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, O oh God, have your way. Jesus, O oh God, have your way. Have your way, have your way, have your way. As we worship you, O God, receive our praise. Receive our worship tonight, Lord God. We submit our heart to you. We submit our life to you. And we say, have your way, O God. Have your way, sweet Jesus. Not our will, but thine will be done. Not our will, but thine will be done. Do what you please in our heart tonight. Do what you please, O God, in this room tonight. Do what you please, O God with those that are joining us virtually. Do what you will with them, Lord God. Touch them in a special way. Move upon them in a powerful way. Oh God, I pray that change will come to every one of us tonight. And that tonight's Bible study, Lord God, will bring about an eternal change in all of our hearts, in all of our lives. We want eternal change tonight, Lord God. And we know you're the great God and master and ruler of everything and lord whatever you want to do you can do it we ask that you do what you want to do tonight do what you want to do tonight do what you want to do tonight for whatever you want lord is what we want whatever you want lord is what we want whatever you want to do lord we humble ourselves and say do it oh god do it lord jesus as we give you the praise and the honor 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name. We thank you tonight. Oh, you're glorious. You're wonderful. You're kind. You're gentle. You're merciful. You're powerful. You're all-knowing. You're all-present, Lord God. And oh, Lord Jesus, who is like the Lord? For there is none like you, Jesus. There is none like you, Jesus. Have your way in this place. Have your way, Lord God. Do what you want, Lord. As we look to you tonight, for Lord, we look to you and we ask you all of these things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands onto him and love him. We love you, Jesus. Come on, just open up your mouth and let him know what you're thinking. Let him know your thoughts tonight. Don't let him read your mind. Just just get it out tonight. Say, oh, hallelujah. I bless your name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Woo! 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 You're the best thing that could ever happen to us, Jesus. You're the best thing that could ever happen to us, Lord Jesus. You're the best thing that could ever happen to us, Almighty God. And we want you to know it, Lord. We want you to know it, Lord. We want you to know it. We know you're the best thing that can ever happen to us. You're the best thing that has ever happened to us. And there can be nothing better than you. There can be nothing greater than you. And we're here tonight to just adore you, worship you, love you. And oh God, to allow your will to be done in our life and in our heart. Hallelujah. We don't want our life to be the same as when we first came in here tonight or when we first went, oh God, and connected with the live stream. We don't want our lives to be the same. We want change. We want change, Lord God, to begin to take place in our life. We want change to take place in our heart. We want change, Almighty God. Change that will please you, Lord God. Change, oh God, that will allow you to have the honor and the glory in our lives. We want change that we can make things better all around us, that people can see Jesus in us, Lord God. Have your way. Change, Lord God, where we can experience, oh God, you in a magnificent way oh hallelujah 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 oh we adore your great God we love you Jesus great is your faithfulness great is the Lord and greatly to be praised oh there is none like Jesus he's sweeter than the honey of the honeycomb oh he's sweet I know he's sweet I know Jesus is sweet, I know, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're singing. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Welcome to Christ-centered church. Welcome to the presence of the Lord magnified. Because we're always in his presence. 
Everything consists in him. And wherever we are, as long as the church is still in the earth, everything consists in him. And we are just having the greatest opportunity and privilege we can ever have, which is to be in his presence. And when his presence is magnified, manifested, it's even greater. Hallelujah. If you will take a moment to, if you can, share this live feed tonight, right now, if you can, let people know we're live. Let people know that God wants to speak to their heart. Let people know that if they want to hear something that will help their life to be different and help them to go in the right direction, share it. Whether it's a text or you can actually go on the live feed and just uh, tap the uh, button to share, share it. It's all right. Share. We want God to have his way. We want God to speak to hearts and minds. And if you are joining us virtually, share, share. We want this to be heard in as many places, in as many hearts and minds as possible. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? I am glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I appreciate all of you that's been doing your part in our fasting and praying and consecration. Amen. Thank you for just being a part. Thank you for allowing God to work in you and through you because truly God is doing something. And um, I want to mention something to you. Someone called me this week and they said, my husband said, I'm being mean since I started to fast. My husband says I'm being mean since I started to fast. And it's it, it was ironic that she said that because it made me uh, thought about sharing this with you so you know. Because sometimes things happen and we don't know. And so what was happening with her is when we're fasting, when we abstain from food, We're killing the flesh. And the flesh never wants to die. So the first day of your fast, when you're fasting, it's a bad day, usually. Because your flesh is saying, you better give me something to eat. And you're saying to the flesh, no, you will not get something to eat. And so there's a battle going on. And so those that are close by you, you know, the missiles are going off. Like, you better get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. It's normal. It's not like crazy it's normal and so at least the very first day of fasting when you try to abstain from your normal way of eating because your body is so amazing the way our God made it 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 knows so much and it it just adjusts I'm kind of mad at my body right now because I've been doing good with my running my exercising and my I can tell that my body has adjusted and now I'm hitting the next phase of what I need to do to trick it so I can move to another level and that's not easy. It's never easy. I, I know the game the body plays, but you can't. the body is so good. It's, God made it so intelligent. But it's the same thing. When you're fasting, the body is like, where is the food that we normally eat at this time? You normally feed me at this time. You normally give me this. And I, I normally have this much fat intake. And I know, and it's, and, it's, and it's asking for it. And you're saying no. And that's why there's a conflict going on within you. And you're being mean to people. If they're around. But after a couple of days, your body realized what's going on. And um, 
you get a little bit more control because you, it's like it says, all right, you're in charge, you're in charge. But for the first day, it fights you so it can stay in charge. And then if you reach about three days, then you realize things are a little bit better uh, to handle uh, as you fast. So keep that in mind. So, you know, if your spouse get a little, you know, upset with you, like, why are you being that way? <laughs> Let's hope that everybody understands that if we're fasting, it's just the body that's just dying and the body don't like to die. And so that's why those things are happening. Amen. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. Uh, let's turn to Second Samuel uh, chapter 24. Second Samuel chapter 24 and we'll read 20 through 25 verse 20 through 25 let's see what the word of the lord says here the word of the lord says and arona looked and saw the king talking about king david and his servants coming toward him and Arona went out and bowed himself before the king on his face upon the ground. And Arona said, wherefore is my Lord, the king come to his servant? And David said to buy the threshing floor of thee to build an altar unto the Lord that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Arona said unto David, let my Lord, the king, take and offer up what seemeth good unto thee, unto him. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing instruments and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Arona as king give unto the king. And Arona said unto the king, the Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Arona, nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which does not cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. You may be seated. I want to talk to you in the same vein of the things we've been discussing for the past few weeks tonight we will talk about the spirit of sacrifice the spirit of sacrifice i did also hear from someone that said faster no uh social media I'm struggling not being able to get on TikTok. And I'm sure there's other things that we. And so that tells me God knows what is good for us. 
It tells me that we have some challenges and some things that are in our lives that that if if we don't deal with them at times, we can find ourselves just not in a good place because we will allow the things that are not of God to have too much influence in our life. And we have to challenge ourselves. We have to examine ourselves often to see what has the most influence in your life. What are the things that influence your life the most? We have to challenge ourselves like that. And so I'm going to talk to you. I don't know if it's going to be for a short while, depending on how the spirit of God directs me. I want you to think about this. What can we offer to God which benefits us and him? Now, we kind of touched on this a little bit last week. What can we offer to God which benefits us and him? And we touched a little bit on some of these things. I jumped around a little bit, but I'm going to just be kind of laser tonight, kind of straightforward and direct in what we can come up with, what the scripture will show us that we have to offer unto God that will benefit us and him. As we have been discussing that any offering we offer up to Jesus need to be sacrificial. It must cost us something and it must be valuable to God. When we offer any offering to God, it needs to be sacrificial. It must cost us something and it must be valuable to God. Those are three pretty strong criterias. And remember what I said, God have the right to ask us these things because we know what he has sacrificed for us. And what he has sacrificed, he is not asking us to sacrifice, but he still wants us to sacrifice what is sacrificial, what cost us something, and what is valuable to him. So ask yourself the question. What can you offer up to God that would be a sacrifice that cost you something that would be valuable to God? Ask yourself that. What is that can you offer to God? What is it? I think the best we could do is to offer him our life. Our service to him. I think that's the best that we can do. But even that, we need to define and make it a little bit more focused. Romans 12, verse number one says, I beseech you, brethren. Or let me go exactly what the scripture says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's interesting how oftentimes many of us are seeking to live for God and we're offering nothing to God that costs us anything that is sacrificial and that's beneficial to God. But nobody can tell us we aren't living for God. But here's where it's going to get a little steep, Gabrielle. Technically, 
We have nothing that we actually own. <laughs> All we have has been given to us. Oh, God help us. What can we give that truly costs us something? What costs to us is incurred when we give that which costs us nothing. So what we have was given to us and cost us nothing. So how do we give something to God that is valuable? Hmm. The properties we have under our power, the abilities we possess have all been given to us. All belong to our maker, almighty God. Whether we want to acknowledge him or not, all things belongs to him. Well, where do you get that from, preacher? Psalms 24, verse number one says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. When you come to know Jesus, you come to know the owner of everything. And, and, and oftentimes we're striving to be rich in this world and we're striving to be successful in this world and we're striving to accomplish and obtain all that we can in this world. Why don't we just go to the owner? We're going to people, we're going here, we're going there, trying to obtain things when everything belongs to God. And all we got to do is go to the owner and say, God, all things belong to you. And so here is what I need. As a matter of fact, let me just take a break here. Father, I know all things belong to you. You own everything. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. And God, we're asking you that you make a way and provide for us our very own church building. Let no force of evil, let no situation, let no man, let no finances, let nothing prevent it because it belongs to you. And you can take what you have in your possession that you own and just give it to us because it's yours. So I ask tonight, Lord God, that you will give us what is yours, what we are asking for, which is a building that will house this church, your church, your people, to reach our community. We are asking, Lord God, because it's yours, that you give it to us. We ask these things by faith and in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it because the earth is the Lord's. The fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. How much then should the Christian understand that he or she has nothing of his own or her own to give? Even those things which God gives us, it belongs to God. When we finally walk in our building that God will give us, we're going to say, listen, this is for this church and we, we thank God for it, but it's still his. Uh huh. If we intend to up, to operate before God with the noble sentiment of David offering a, 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 our sacrifice and offering, it must consist, or we should not let it just consist of a few shekels and wood and oxen. Now David was noble to say, "I will not offer anything unto the Lord that cost me nothing." That was noble. And that's great. But we can take that further. God is looking for us to offer up the very best that we can offer to him. 
In fact, until we find what pleases God and offer it up unto him, he will not be pleased with any sacrifice or offering we bring to him. Remember, I told you about Cain, that Cain offered up an offering unto God and God just nicely said to him, hey, dude, you're offering up the wrong thing and I don't see why you're going to get an attitude when I don't accept it. You know, I tell you what I want and you offer to me what I told you to offer up, but you're not offering up what I ask you to offer. So why don't you just offer up to me what I'm asking you to offer and we're all good. Don't get all worked up. So I always say this. God gives us the answers to the tests even before the test comes. God gives us the answers to the test even before the test comes. So Cain and Abel knew what the answer was for offering up a sacrifice unto the Lord. One decided they'll use the answer that they were given and the other decided I'm still going to give you the answer I want to give you. But God will always give us the answers to the test before the test comes. Mm -hmm. So we must offer unto God what God asks us. To offer to him, not what we want to offer to him. In Micah 6, chapter 6, verse number 6 through 8, the word of the Lord says, Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He had shown thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee? The Lord will always tell us what he's requiring. But to do justly, he's telling the prophet Micah here, this is what I'm requiring. But to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with the Lord thy God. That's what he's telling him to offer up. You must offer to me to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. And so Psalms 51 verse 16 says, for thou desirest not sacrifice. This is David. We know David, know the Lord. David was saying to the Lord, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Nobody knows how to give to the Lord like David, man. Lord, help me. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh, God, thou will not despise. David had a relationship with God and he knew what God requires. If we will get a relationship with God, we will understand what God requires. What do we have that we can offer unto the Lord God that actually cost us something? That's the question tonight. What do we have that is in our possession that we can offer up to God that cost us something. Uh -huh. Mark chapter 8, 
verse 35 says this. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Many of us can testify to this text. When I read it, I can look at my life and say, wow. Tom, I read it and I think about your life and I'm like, I know every time you see that, you probably say, wow. Because if you were just in control of your life and lead your life to a certain place where you think you needed to be and do the things you think you needed to do and how you see life and you're saying, yeah, this is what I am doing and this is where I'm going and this is what I hope to fulfill and achieve and you're moving in that direction, that is you controlling your life. And if you ever come to a day of reckoning when you are in control of your life and then you come to that place of realizing all the while while I thought I was in control, I was never really in control. But I was deceived to think that I was really in control of my life. And so I was doing everything to make my life great and prosperous. And I thought I had it all under control and I was just doing what I needed to do to be successful. But little did I know I was not in control. As a matter of fact, when I had to come to the realization to surrender to Christ, I realized that that's where I will begin to live the real life is when I surrender to Christ. But if you never surrender to Christ, you never really know what it's like to say, for whosoever will lose his life for Christ and the gospel's sake shall gain his life. That sounds foreign to you. But if you ever turn your life over to Jesus, if you ever let give yourself to the Lord, you will be able to understand that. And when you hear that, you tears can't help but to just well up in your eyes and even flow out of your eyes because you realize, oh, my God. I, that life that I was living before, that, that was a life that was pleasing me. And the day when I got on my knees and I repented and said, God, I realize who you are. You're the Lord Jesus Christ and you have great plans for me. And I ignored you and didn't even look your way for so long. And in this time now that I'm here at this place, I'm realizing that, oh, how you love me and what you have in store for me. And I repent of my life. I repent of my sin for living my life the way I was living it. And now, God, I want you to have my life and do whatever you please with it. If you get to get to that place, you will understand how powerful this scripture is. Today, I was studying, reading the word of God, spending time with the Lord. And I, doorbell rung, I went to my door, Is a young man, hi, how are you? And we began to chat, they were trying to get the neighborhood, their canvas in the neighborhood, 
to get people to um, agree to free estimates for windows. And so he came to the door. I came to the door. We began to talk. And of course, I, I was I enjoyed this today. I enjoyed it. So he came. And of course, he's coming now. He's probably watching tonight. <laughs> Tom, if you're watching, <laughs> I'm telling you a story. <laughs> and so he came to the door. He's got this great personality. And I'm sure, as a matter of fact, he studied psychology in, co- in college. So he's got this great bubbly personality ready to work me. <laughs> and I'm sizing him up. And he's working me. And, oh, you know, he's giving the spiel and everything like that. And, you know, who lives here? I said, me and my family. And I'm giving them information. Because when, remember what I tell you, when you're living for God, you don't have anything to hide. Just give it all. And so we're talking and everything like that. And then he says, you know, I just had a daughter. And life is just so different now that I have a daughter. And I said, we never truly come to realize what selflessness is until we get kids. Because even when you get married, uh, a lot of people still are selfish in their marriage. Even when you get married, you're still looking out for you. But when kids come in, you know these are just innocent little things that you brought here. You better take care of them. And so Tom is telling me, he says, man, it's just different. And I'm right in between that life where, you know, I used to hang out with my guys and we hang out at the bars and drink. But now I'm in between. I'm still not totally not hanging out, but I just realized life has to be different. I said, there you go, Tom. I said, this is what your parents mean when they says, when you get older and you get kids, you're married and stuff, you'll realize. And he's like, yeah, I do realize. And so we're going on and on. Obviously, we got into the conversation about me being a pastor and and living for God. I, I mean, I got into stuff. Tell him about my goddaughter, how she went back and forth to college while in, you know, in college. I mean, we talked about so much. And it was just a great conversation. Gave him a church card. He wants to tune in. He says, I, he says, he asked me, what's the best thing to read in the Bible? I said, I said, Tom, here are the five books in the Bible you want to read as a non-Christian or an one that's striving to get right and live for God. Cause I mean, his background is, you know, um, Christian, but you know, he said he moved away from God and, you know, did his own thing and he wants to get back in God. I say, you want to read the first, you want to read the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you want to read the book of Acts. I said, you read those and you will learn who Jesus is. And then you will understand how you need to live and how the church operates. He says, Oh, and we talk so much. And I mean, When I was ready to close the door, he wasn't ready. Yeah, I'm studying the word of God. And and so I'm getting ready to close the door and say, hold on, one more thing. Can I call you whenever I want to call you? And I said, Tom, you can call me whenever you want. You can stop by whenever you want. Whatever you want. Just doesn't matter to me. But I thank God for that because I pray all the time. God lead me to hungry souls. And, you know, I didn't say this to him today, but it was him and another guy. And trust me, God knows what he's doing. It's interesting that God sent him to our door and sent the other guy across the street. Because you got to pray and say, God, send me hungry souls that I can speak your word into their heart. 
And so Tom was a hungry soul that God wanted him to hear the word of God. And before he left my door, he understood that Jesus Christ is almighty God walking, talking, the manifestation of the almighty God. I mean, he knows that Jesus Christ is almighty God that came to this earth and, and gave his life for us. He knows that and, and he understands all that he needs to to repent of his sins, to be baptized in Jesus name, to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He got all that the day before he left. We got to pray for hungry souls. Come right to the door. And so I, you know, keep Tom in your prayer. I hope he tuned in tonight. He told me he was going to tune in tonight. He said, I'm watching. I'm, I'm going to be tuned in. Because nowadays when people ask about church, they ask, um, how are you having church? Because it's just up in the air. There are some, some, some congregations they're not in, they're not meeting in person and there's some congregation. They're not meeting in person and they're not doing live stream. You know, there's, there's some, there's some folks that's just getting together and doing stuff in their home. Then maybe, you know, if the pastor get time, he go and visit, but there's some places that's just what they're doing right now. It's not easy. But when you decide that your life belongs to Christ, you can find God in everything that you do. A lot of times I don't think we understand that. And so we try to, uh, what do I mean? We, we, we try to compartmentalize how we work with God. All right, I'm, 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 I'm at my desk at work right now. I'm typing. Whatever I'm doing, you don't see God in that. But if you begin to say, God, you are in everything because everything consists in you. Maybe maybe I'm not saying it the right way, but everything consists in God. So the bottom line is there's always going to be opportunities to do something to represent Christ. If if you're allowing him to flow in your life. So never think that, well, I got to do something specific because before you know it, you can somebody just could just. Text you if you're in a, a physical place where you're working. They can just walk by your desk and it's just a presence. It's, it, it, God can do whatever he wants to do, but we have to be willing to say, God, here I am. Uh-huh. He has given us a choice. God has given us a choice concerning our future and does not impose his preference upon us. So. Let me ask you the question and answer it. Let me do a Jesus on you. What do you have that is under your possession that you can offer God that is sacrificial? It costs you something and it will be valuable to God. You know what that is? Your future. Uh huh. Remember what I said. Sacrificial. Cost you something. And valuable to God. It is your future. That's tough. Because that's what everything hinge on for us. That's our planning, our future. Everything is about our future. Gabrielle, yeah, your future is very important. 
And as when we're young, it's, it's, it's never more important because we have this life ahead of us. And that's how we think. That's our mind work. But I'm here to tell you what you have that you can offer unto the Lord that will be sacrificial, that will cost you something and that will be valuable to God. It is your future. I'm going to help you understand it before we get out of here tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15. The word of the Lord says, see, I have set before thee this day life and good. And death and evil in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgment that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away so that thou will not hear, but thou but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou pass it over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. I've set before you this day life and death. Choose. You decide now. Remember we read that text? For whosoever shall find their life or try to save their life will lose it. Some of these things we read are no-brainers. Ezekiel 33, 11, Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure, listen to God, Ezekiel prophesying, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. You see this? God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He didn't say I have no pleasure in the death of the righteous. Could that make more sense to our mind? So he said, I have no pleasure, not even in the people that are evil and do evil things. I don't have pleasure in them dying. What a God we serve. But that the wicked turn from his or her ways and live. Turn ye. Turn ye from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? God is telling us to turn from our ways and entrust our future to him. The only thing we have received from God that we can offer unto him that actually cost us something is our future. Because we like to plan our future. 
We, we got big plans for our future. Uh-huh. So when someone talk about taking something from your future, So let me finish this thing up here. This is what made Abraham's offering of Isaac so significant. Isaac was the miracle child of promise. Isaac represented all God had promised to give to Abraham. All that God had promised to make of Abraham. Listen to me, church. I told this to Tom today. Listen to me. If you live for God and serve him, even when you're gone from here, you're still living. If you live for yourself and die, when you die, that's it. Because believe me, if you live for God and trust God and you give your life to God, somebody's life will be changed because of you. There is no way possible for any one of us to live for God and it not affect someone else. And so if you live for God and just serve him, when you leave here and they say you're gone and you're dead, your flesh is gone and buried, trust me, you live on. Because what you have deposited, what you have done for someone to lead them to Christ, it causes them to now live in Christ. And that makes you continually living in this earth, even though you're not here because of what you have passed on. We have scripture for that. Isaac was going to continue on what God had had promised Abraham some things that Abraham was not going to see. God promised him things that he was not going to experience, but his seed would experience. And so God has made you some promise that maybe you will not experience. But if somebody that you will deposit into will receive, they will have it. It doesn't have to be your natural born children. Yes, it could be them, but it could be anybody. So God can cause what he has promised unto you to go to someone else and they will continue to experience what God had promised you. So it's important that we understand that we give ourselves to God, surrender to God, give our future to him. Because when we give him our future, guess what? If we die before everything gets fulfilled in our future, somebody else has to reap that. Somebody else has to walk in that. So it's beneficial to us uh, not just to live for God for ourselves, but to live for God for somebody else. Isaac represented all God had promised to give to Abraham, all that God had promised to make of Abraham. Isaac was Abraham's future. Listen to me. Go or seek the Lord for how you can reach the loss. Seek the Lord for how you can reach the loss. You don't want to try to live for God without seeking to minister and help somebody know the Lord. 
Abraham's future was in Isaac. Uh-huh. My friend, Brother White, is older than me. But God brought him in my life and allowed him to fulfill some things probably I will never get a chance to fulfill. But he's older than me. But how does that work? Because the Lord allowed me to minister to him the gospel and he got saved. And he is doing some things for God that maybe I will not do, but he will do. And it has nothing to do with age. It has to do with when you begin to minister to somebody, when you begin to communicate God's purpose, when you begin to instill in them God's word, guess what? They can be the ones to fulfill some of the things that you may not get a chance to fulfill. Because let me tell you something. This is a little different, but I got to say it. You know how you know when you really, this thing is really starting to work for you. I'm going to tell you how. Because I live it, lived it and still do live it. When you get in a church, when you get in a ministry, you've got to get so in tune with God that God will make you in tune with the leader of that church. What are you talking about, preacher? In order for God to fulfill some of the things that he wants to do in me, he's going to have to do some of it through you. But in order for it to happen, you have to get the same kind of uh, uh, spirit. Meaning, meaning, there's some things that I'm trying to figure out and you're supposed to be able to say, I got it. Because you're in tune with what God, it has nothing to do with me so much than it is with God's plan. I remember days, man, sometimes I wish I could go back to that. But it ain't what God had for me. There was nothing that Pastor Nella could think of. I was ahead of him sometimes in some things, not because I was ahead of him, but because God was showing me what the ministry needed. Oh, my goodness. And so I was always seeking God. What do you want me to do? And so I was in tune. There was nothing I was going to do that was going to just be off the wall because God had put me in tune. With the man of God, the vision, the, 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 the purpose and, and, and what is supposed to be done through that ministry. And, and because I was seeking God and what God was communicating to the man of God, he was giving me some of it so I can understand how I can best support him. But it was supporting the plan of God because God works through his people. And so if we're going to do this, if we're going to have some Isaacs. We're going to have to get in tune with Abraham. If we're going to have some Isaacs that's going to fulfill God's 
plan in the future that we may not walk into. I know we have children, but we have to look at this thing from a God standpoint because we can have children that will follow God and we can have children that will not follow God. But whether our children follow God or not, it doesn't stop God's plan. So once you stay in tune with God's plan, you will be able to invest in somebody to help somebody understand what God is doing and God can fulfill the future that he promised you in somebody else I don't know is this making sense yeah it's beautiful when it happens to our kids but there's no guarantee there's no guarantee it's just like I've seen it over the years there are preachers that 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 automatically uh, think that their 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 sons is going to be the next preacher of the church not in Christ Center church the next priest of Christ Center Church will be who God tell me. I'm just letting y'all know right now. The next person that will take over this church, if God tarries and continue to lead it, will be who God tell me. Not who I'm going to try to choose on my own. That's the way it's supposed to be. Because, because the next one needs to fulfill the future that God... Is. And so if I put whoever I want to put in there, your future will be messed up. Your kid's future will be messed up because we will have the wrong person. But if we get the right person that God says, this church will be fine. The future will be great because it will be God doing it and God's promise still working. And so the only thing we have that we could offer God that costs us something. Did you ever wonder why the Lord did not provide a lamb as Abraham said he would or why Abraham accepted the ram and offered it instead of finding the lamb and offering it. All right. I might have twisted you up on that, but just listen slowly. In Genesis chapter 22, verse number seven, the word of the Lord says, and Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Listen to Abraham's response to his son. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. So Abraham and Isaac was going up to Mount Moriah to do the sacrifice. They have the wood. They have everything that they need and they're going. And, 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 and little Isaac look around and say, yo, dad, normally when you sacrifice, you got a lamb. We don't have no lamb that we're bringing up here. What's going on? What, what is the sacrifice? And as we know, you know, in Abraham's, you know, God had told Abraham, you're going to sacrifice Isaac. But Abraham knew God enough to knew something was going to be different. I'm not worried about it. And he and, and so he told his son, Lord, the Lord will provide a lamb. Genesis 22, verse number 11. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou, do thou anything unto him. For now that thou fear, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou has not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And 
I can't stop. I got to keep going. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said till this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. So the question is, Abraham said to his son, God will provide a lamb for us to do the sacrifice. But when the time came, God presented a ram. Abraham knows God and he's saying, son, I know my God. He will provide the sacrifice, which will be a lamb. But when the time came, there was no lamb. There was a ram. A lamb and a ram is different. A lamb. Listen to me. A lamb represents potential. Help me, Holy Ghost. The ram represents the fulfillment of the potential. When God told Abraham he needed to bring his son and, and, and he was going and, and he expected a lamb, guess what? When he got there, God gave him a ram instead of a lamb. Because guess what? Abraham understood and he was not holding back. He was going to give God just what God asked for, which was his son. And when he came to that place and, and, and him and God met in Mount Moriah, what he was saying is, God, I will not withhold anything from you, not myself, neither my future, because his son Isaac represented his future. So he says, God, I want to give what's valuable to you. I want to give what's sacrificial. I want to give what 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 cost me something and guess what not just me because i'm an old man right now i've lived half my life already but i'm gonna give you my future now that's something oh god that all of us try to defend and protect and abraham said to god here is my future as well i give you me and i give you my future god you can have it so instead of god giving him a lamb god gave him a ram because the lamb was going to just be potential. But the ram, it now became the fulfillment of what will happen in the future. What God is saying is, because you did this, guess what? Your future is secure. Your future is secure. You gave me your future. It is secure. You won't hold back your future. It is secure. That's what was happening on Mount Moriah and we don't even realize it. We just think that, oh, he was obedient. No, he was giving God the very best he can give God. It wasn't just him. He was giving God his future. He was saying, God, I'm giving you this, the present, and I'm giving you the future. And so he took his son. He was going to give it up. And God says, I got you because I made a promise to you. I'm showing you right now up on this hill, I'm going to fulfill that promise I made. Everything that he told Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that, all that stuff he was talking. All in Isaac. What a wonderful way to live for God. That while you're living, he taking care of you. <laughs> and when you're gone from here, my God. Mm. 
man, God, you're so good. If you do it right when you're gone from here, he's got your children. He's got the people you love that you showed the way. He will take care of them. Tom, if you're watching tonight, you just got a baby girl. If you will surrender your life to God and you will trust God, you secure your baby girl's future as well. We don't have to look about what they're doing right now. Don't concern yourself about what your children or somebody that you're loving and ministering to. Don't you concern yourself with them right now. You concern yourself about what you're offering up to God. You concern yourself about what you're surrendering to God. You concern yourself about your thing and your relationship with God because God will honor what he promises and it has nothing to do with them. When their time comes, it will be taken care of. You just do your part. If you don't do your part, their chances of experiencing the things of God in your life is slim and they will not inherit the things of God if they don't trust God when their time comes. So you just have to do your part. You, you can't do worry about anybody else's part. We don't read any place here. Abraham is worried about Isaac in any way. It was all about Abraham and his God. It was all about Abraham and his God. And as we read scripture on and on, we see Isaac became Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We can keep going down the line. And in your life, it will be the same. You and whoever else and whoever else. Somebody got to start the lineage in the family. Somebody got to start the lineage to say who's going to live for God and pass it on. Somebody have to start it. And if it starts with you, don't worry about it. Keep it moving. Let's stand. The spirit of sacrifice. The only thing we have received from the Lord Jesus Christ that we can offer unto him that actually cost us something is our future. And when we give him our future, when we give him uh, our offering, which is our future, listen to 1 Corinthians 4 and 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou did not receive? Now if thou did receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou has not received it? Let me just translate real quick for you. When you offer your future to God and God starts working in your life and we know that he will work in others that, that, that um, you have connected with, but he's working in your life. No need for us to brag and boast. No need for us to get beside ourselves as God is doing great things in our life. Why? Because you don't have anything of your own. <laughs> and whatever else, whatever God is doing has nothing to do with you. You just, all you did was offer up your future and everything else God was doing. So we see why it's, it's, it's just not right and, and it's not smart, not wise for us to ever brag and act, you know, not humble with what God is doing in our life. Because in essence, what did you bring to the table? <laughs> What did you bring to the table so you can brag about what God is doing in you right now? You brought nothing to the table. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and the world, and they that dwell. You brought nothing to the table. 
The only thing you had possession of, possession is a key word, was your future. I set before you life and death. That's all you had control over is your future. You don't have control over anything else. You don't have power over anything else. Only your future. You don't know what's going to happen a minute from now. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You have no control over anything in your life except your future. Your future can be a minute from now. Your future can be 24 hours from now. Your future can be 10 years from now. Your future can be 20, 30, 40, 50. But the bottom line is you have control over your future and that's it. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing else. You can go where you want to go, do what you want to do, but the only thing you got control over is to live your life where you have turned yourself over to God. You, because that's how you, that's how you take control of your future. Lose your life. That's what we think anyway, but just turn it over to Him. Because He's the safety deposit. They, what it says, no man can pluck you out of my hands. So when you turn yourself over to Him, it's all up to him now. You don't have to fight, scratch, and claw to try to maintain and try, try to control your future. Once you turn your future over to him, that's all she wrote. He got it. And nobody can take it. And nobody can destroy it. Nobody can do anything to your future when you turn it over to Jesus. Nobody. So the best thing that we can ever offer up to God that we have control over is our future. Nothing else. Nothing else. Not even your body. Because the bottom line is we can get sick. Disease get in our body. Sickness get in our body. We don't have control over that. We have control over our future. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We give you honor and praise tonight. We thank you for your revelation, Lord God. For, Lord, you have spoken to our heart. And, oh, God, we understand how to live and how we can secure our future. And, oh, God, I ask that you will truly, truly, oh, God, lead us in the path of righteousness. Lead us besides the still water. Oh, God, allow us to experience, Lord God, along the way, the things that you have designed for us. I pray that each and every person that is tuned in virtually, that is here tonight in person, will just hold fast to the word of God. That we will not allow what we've heard here tonight to slip us, but that we will hold fast. We will take it, Lord God, and we will hold on to it and never lose it, Lord God. I pray that our faith will increase tonight, Lord God. And that, Lord God, we will begin to call those things that are not as though they were. That, Lord, we will realize, almighty God, that in you, oh God, is where we need to rest our future. I pray, Lord Jesus, that the blessings of God will flow freely upon this congregation, into our homes, in the lives of our family, Lord God. Help us, almighty God, to be the ones, my God, that will truly, oh God, secure the future for our children, secure the future for our loved ones, secure the future, almighty God, for those that we 
Oh, God, I've been so privileged to encounter. God, have your way tonight. We want this message, Lord God, this, this teaching, Lord God, this, this, this instruction in your word, Lord God, to be different and resonate different and really take a hold of us and, whoa, God, work in our lives, work in our lives, almighty God, that, Lord Jesus, we truly can walk in you, live by faith, and trust in you like never before. God, we want your will to be done. We want your will to be done. Not our will, but your will. And Lord, we make a declaration unto you tonight that we will surrender our lives and give our future over to you, Lord God. We give ourselves to you, but we also give our future. That means, God, we will not plan and try to, oh God, lead a life without Oh, God, you having the preeminence. Without God, you giving us instruction. Without God, you speaking to us. We, oh, God, have turned over the reins to you to say, God, lead us, oh, God. Lead us, almighty God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And tonight, Lord God, we, oh, God, will just follow you. And wherever you take us, that's where we will go. Whatever you want to do, we will follow. Just God. Guide us, Almighty God. Lead us, Almighty God. Use your staff, Almighty God, to keep us on track and to follow the ways of righteousness, to be holy and to lead a life, Almighty God, that will bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus. God lead us, lead us, Almighty God, for Lord, you are in charge, you are in control, Almighty God, and we follow you, and we come after you, and we surrender to you, and we lead our life to serve you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, have your way, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. We say yes to your will. Yes to your ways. Yes to your will. Yes to your ways. Thank you, Lord. 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 Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. 
thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We want to do your will, Jesus. Do you want to do the will of God, church? I want to do his will. I want to do his will. I want to do his will. My soul says yes. My mind says yes. My spirit says yes. My soul says yes. Woo! My soul says yes. Say there is more that I require of you. Oh, yes, Lord. Invite somebody to church Sunday. There is more. I believe God will speak to us again. He's got a word. God's got a word. Come Sunday ready. Invite people to join us, whether in person or via live stream. Come ready. God wants to do something magnificent. He said, don't be afraid of meeting the faces. Don't be afraid. God bless you. Have a good evening. He said, I'm calling you out of your dry places. I'm calling you out of your dry places. going to tell God yes make it personal 
Your worship means nothing without a yes. Without obedience, it means nothing. But if you're really going to tell God yes, come on. Make it personal. Lift your hands. And tell the Lord yes. So says yes. My soul, my soul, my soul says yes. My soul says yes. I'll do what you want me to do, Jesus. I'll do it, Lord. I'll do it, Lord. I'll do it, Jesus. I'll do it, Jesus. I'll do it, Jesus. I might have to give up some relationships, but my soul says yes. I might have to give up some things that I hold dear to me, but my soul says yes. You mean everything to me, Jesus. You're the first and foremost in my life. That's why I can So let your heart and soul 